0: What's up, Fight Fan? You're listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. This week's episode MMA in 2020 enters its final stretch. We'll be talking about the action last night between Anthony Smith and Devin Clark. We'll be talking about the latest news, the changes, Kevin Holland fighting Jacare at 256 and Marvin Vittori fighting Jack Romanson this Saturday. We'll be talking about the changes, two recent cards, Pewter Jan versus Aljamain Sterling off UFC 256. We'll be talking about the return of Max Holloway against Calvin Cater on January 16th. And we will finish it off breaking down the upcoming fight, like I just said, between Hermanson and Vittori, and we might throw in a little bit of Tyson Jones in there for you. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm here with my co-host, Natalie Zamudio.
1: Hello, Double G. Are you still munching on Thanksgiving leftovers? Are you completely over Thanksgiving? You don't want to see a turkey? What's your your situation right now?
0: You know what? A little bit like I told you, a small family. We don't even have leftovers left. Because we don't make a ton of food because it's just a uh, couple of us. So, yeah, that doesn't happen quite as often as it used to. I think we used to get a little overly ambitious uh, when I was uh, younger. But nowadays with the fam, it's like, look, we we know how we handle it. We're good. <laughs> what about you? You still got well, anything well, uh, and everything?
1: Uh, yeah, I've still been eating uh, leftovers. I, I'm pretty sure I had an entire pumpkin pie by myself. Oh, like, <laughs> like spread out if um, I put it all together. If I'm I proud I of you. <laughs> It comes out to it shakes out to an entire pumpkin pie. So I feel great. I may not look great, but I
0: feel great. You know what? Yeah. You should.
1: Yeah, you know, that's what I keep telling my <laughs> that's that's the uh that's the trick that you play on yourself. Oh, you know, it's Thanksgiving. It's okay. It's okay. But uh my birthday was also November and my and Thanksgiving and then my sister's birthday and Christmas. So this like end of the year is really like extra packed on for a uh, for
0: me. Well and why didn't you tell me? Happy belated birthday,
1: Natalie. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. I'm now officially one hundred years old, so you know, just not you don't need to make a big deal out of it or anything.
0: <laughs> and yet you still look as young as ever. I still tell people this. It's like, you know, you, you had the best line, you said, you know, you you know the RBF face you yes, have right. resting freshman face that makes you look a lot younger than I think anyone yes. would ever guess at first glance. So
1: I think so, yeah. Just a little bit scared, like a freshman in, in college.
0: <laughs> it <laughs> works for you. It right? works, man. I will, I'll take it. There we go. Let's get it started. So, um, what I, I I'm gonna mention it. We will mention uh Tyson Jones stuff toward the end of the show, but very conveniently, if you're watching that extravaganza. And then you tune back into UFC. It just so conveniently it had to have been planned. Anthony Smith versus Devin Clark literally starts about minutes after they do the Tyson Jones post-fight interviews, right there on the broadcast. So, I just like it. I believe what's it's called? Um, when everyone was very excited about like Canelo versus Triple G, the same thing happened. Like the Luke Rockhold fight started right after all of that happened uh, years ago. And there's just been a couple instances. My point is, I like when this works out. Because I think that fans, you know... uh, I think it's just great fan service. Because you get to enjoy everything and you don't have to worry about let me go back, let me this and that. I like that aspect. What about you?
1: Yeah, Mario Lopez signed off. You know, good good night, God bless. That, like, classic, like, you're you know pay-per-view is over music and graphic came on the screen i got it through you know i ordered mine anyway through the through the cable so you're like okay we're done i put it on 64 thinking well maybe i'll catch or 64 is my espn over here mm-hmm. maybe i'll catch a uh, you know a little bit of a sports center or just the end of the fight and sure enough right at the beginning i felt so lucky i thought oh my goodness the mma the combat sports gods have smiled upon me but uh I'm pretty sure they planned it right (laughs) as we were talking about it earlier they must have they must have timed that just uh, very perfectly very deliberately
0: like they take extra time talking to us between fights they run an extra promo things like that do you think Mm -hmm. it's like the you know like Norse mythology like the combat sports gods like the MMA gods and the boxing gods like the Poseidon and Zeus like they all got along do you think that's how it worked
1: yeah, I think that they like they do a handshake truce for certain nights. You know, it's got to be something special. So like uh like the one you talked about Canelo Triple G with Luke Rockhold. this one with Tyson Jones. The the Canelo um was it Canelo Kovalev? Which one was the one where they 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 put themselves on hold for uh for Masvidal Diaz. That was a little different.
0: That was a little uh, you know, I'd be a little salty if I were Canelo. Yeah, that's but in,
1: exactly. I think the gods were salty there.
0: In any case, though, by the way, we talk about the MMA gods like it wasn't Dana White and Mike Tyson. But alas, I felt yeah. like pointing it out. Let's actually get into the fight, huh? Um, Very quick, not a lot going on. Devin Clark comes out strong, trying to make a statement. Trying to, I think, uh, establish his presence in the cage against uh, Anthony Smith. Anthony, um, look, for a very powerful guy, he decided, look, I've been grappling too. Takes Devin Clark down. They have a nice little grappling exchange. Once again, Devin Clark, it's not like he went out there not knowing how to grapple, but I think that you saw just the uh, level of uh, just uh, grappling IQ from Anthony Smith. He reverses positions, he gets to his right, you know, he gets to all the positions he needs to, even though Devin Clark's working against him. Uh, eventually gets the legs up and just secures that early triangle and really at, at first I thought I don't think he's got it quite but then he adjusts it locks it in pulls him down and that was a wrap for Devin Clark first round triangle everything gets some um, you know you don't need you, you didn't need it you know like all that oh they bumped up to five rounds and all that just very impressive great presence of mind out there in the cage great composure considering he was coming off two losses would he be a little gun shy would he be a little nervous because no one wants to be down three and zero in their career zero and three sorry and i was just very impressed with the just the presence of anthony smith out there i think that he showed you that you know just because the last two went bad doesn't mean that i'm not still a you know a force in this light heavyweight division
1: yeah, I was actually relieved for two reasons. One, happy to have a fast finish after the Tyson Jones thing. You know, it was a little long with the, the show, the the music in between, so it was a different kind of combat sports event. So by the time the UFC main event came along, I was like ready to move on with my life. So I was really happy that it was over fast. I was like, thank you, Anthony Smith. Uh, but also happy because the last two fights have been tough For Anthony Smith, he's kind of gotten, you know, a a little bit of a beating. So I was happy to see that not happen to him. And he was able to take control, get a quick finish. I'm sure he feels good about it. But you also got to love his honesty at the end there in the interview when he says, you know, I felt I owed it to the UFC and to the fans to to give a good performance. And he sure as heck did. So hope he feels good. And I like his attitude about, you know, I kept trying to fight to get back to the belt. But now I'm just going to fight whoever they give me. There are certain fighters where that's that's the, the right mentality for them, you know. They they say they want the belt, and they probably really do, but but it's almost like they say it just because that they feel like that's what you have to say. Everyone's in the UFC because they want the gold. You kind of see it with with Donald Cerrone, but really some guys just want to fight and that's it, and see what happens. That kind of seems more like Anthony Smith's style. So I'm happy that maybe he's a little bit at peace with his. Um, mma career at this point and just wants to take on some some good fights and see what happens a little bit less pressure yeah yeah for, uh, for the goal yeah
0: yeah i i think that um how do i put it i i, I think that mentally i think that helps take a lot of it off and uh, i will say this i do believe he still wants to uh get back a shot at the belt again but I think that when you start talking, look, it's kind of like talking trash and then it doesn't work out. That's the double-edged sword. Yeah, you hype it up and you give yourself some momentum. But then when you lose, it's kind of like, well, yeah, you ain't getting to that title anytime soon, buddy. You know, it's that kind of a double effect, you know, double-edged risk when you're taking it. So I think that maybe he feels like, look, you know. Uh, he's confident in who he is, he's comfortable in who he is and where he's at as a fighter and in his career. He's got, uh, you know, he's good as an analyst and he's been there. He's a recognizable name. He doesn't feel like he needs to be like, yeah, I'm going to be there again, Joe Rogan. You know, I, I, I know Rogan wasn't there, but you know what I mean. Um, so all of that really works for him. And I think that that's what we're getting at. Um, in terms of next, uh, it looks like... Uh, Paul Craig and he have a date. I, I like that fight because I think that um. to put him in there... I, I know people talked about Dominic Reyes, but Dominic, uh, if people forgot, he's up against uh, Jiri Prochaska, the new guy who came from Ryzen recently. Um, so that kind of locks it in. I don't really... I don't want to see him against Santos just yet because I feel like that would just set both of these guys back down. And I feel like light heavyweight, you know, it was looking great this year. You know, you had a lot of names floating around and competing. Now going into 2021, I mean, anything falls through with the Adesanya fight. It's Glover Tashira and then who's left. You know, you have a lot of, you know. Long win streaks and signature victories at this moment are kind of at a premium, so I like the idea of, you know, Smith, he's not really going to burn the Tiago Santos bridge potentially for either man, so I like the Paul Craig fight in that way, I feel like it's a good stylistic matchup, and... You know, if we build up a new guy in Paul Craig, that's not the worst thing. If Anthony Smith is back in there and we're talking about him versus Jan Blahovic down the line toward twenty twenty two, that's not a bad thing either. So I like that matchup. What about you?
1: Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even realize they already they already booked that, so good for him. Well Do not you know,
0: booked, but like talking about it.
1: That's the that's the, the story where it's leaning. Um yeah, that sounds good. I mean who did Paul Paul Craig just fought? Who did he beat? He <laughs> just count? beat
0: Shogun last week. That's right. That's at the right. Okay. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah. So seems like the right move for both guys. You laid it out pretty perfectly there. Um, if Paul Craig wins, okay, great. He beat a he beat a veteran, a gatekeeper, a name, someone who's fought for the title. Anthony Smith wins, okay. He beat a young gun, um, and is still in the mix at the top five. So, yeah, that's pretty good for both guys. Um, But that's a tough fight for Anthony Smith. So I'm not going to say he got lucky last night, but like a stand-up, you know, he's got a good chin, but he hasn't – I'll just go back to what I said at the beginning. He's been taking a couple of – he's been taking some beatings lately, and so I want to – I just don't want to see that happen again. So whenever they book that fight, I hope hope, uh, he's well-rested.
0: I mean, his talk, when I spoke with him at Media Day, he did talk uh, quite at length about uh, just he's worked on his strength and conditioning. He said, yeah, in all honesty, that is what I felt in the moment. I was undersized against Rocket earlier this year. And he said, you know what, I went back and, you know, did the work and I was feeling stronger. And he talked about how he took a break from the analyst stuff and the podcast to focus on his camp. And. I think all of that really benefits Anthony. So I do I get what you're saying. He did inspire confidence in me that similar to Brian Ortega. We haven't seen him, but when he's in the gym, you know, in between fights, he is working on these things to uh, you know, uh just take care of that stuff, like to work on himself. So I don't think that um at least on paper right now, I think that uh worrying about him being a little more vulnerable a little less durable i do think that he's worked on that that he'll be all right personally speaking
1: yeah yeah okay side note did he ahead. get like new tattoos or something all of a sudden i feel like his his uh his ink it looks like there's new ink on him or am i just making that up
0: you know what i wasn't even thinking about that the fight was so quick <laughs> i think that it didn't register all the way uh i'd have to go back and look at
1: that do you think does it seem like he did it, it did, but then I was like, man, that healed really fast. Uh, it, and I only noticed it in the interview because, yeah, it happened, the fight happened so fast I couldn't have I couldn't have caught sight of that. But um, there was, like, his chest looked different and something else, his leg or his arm or something, uh, I don't know, whatever. Not important, look. but I was just curious.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, after the last fight, it might have been just like, you know what, you know, it, it's a bit of therapy for people just sitting in that chair with the needle. So he might have been like, you know what, come on and just add some new stuff i'll have to take a look okay great observation if so i don't hear anyone talking about it um before we move on uh just what was your reaction because literally like f- within five minutes of the official weigh-in starting the news comes out curtis blades is out of the fight due to a positive covid test um of the fight with Derek lewis and obviously look last week we did the breakdown and we've been talking about it and they'd been anticipated to fight for a minute, right? So just what was your reaction when literally all that happens? You know, not the 11th hour, I would call that Saturday, but, you know, pretty close to it. The sun had already set and we'd already been locked in for Blades Lewis.
1: Disappointment was my initial reaction because I didn't, like I said last time, last week, I'm mostly just looking forward to see Derek Lewis fight anybody. And so I was bummed that at that point, anyway, I was bummed that we might not be able to see him fight because the initial report I saw just, you know, just just calls out blades being pulled, but doesn't tell us if the fight's off. And so I thought, oh boy, you know, who's um. I hope they hope they find an opponent for Derek Lewis so that this doesn't get scrapped entirely. And then obviously they didn't. So disappointment, a little bit of shock. Or I should say surprise that um, we keep getting you know fighters popping up with covid but if you just take a second to think about it it makes sense i mean they're in fight camps with a bunch of different people in their training camps all over each other in each other's business it's kind of surprising actually when you really dig into it that more fighters aren't coming up with covid because you just can't control everybody like at some point someone in your team or even you is going to have to go to the market or somewhere else where you could get exposed or someone in your family like you just never know the way this this little this little bug is is infiltrating our lives so disappointment about Lewis and a little bit of surprise that uh that Mr. Blades got a uh, got the rona but is he it seems like most fighters that get it are sort of like symptom free except for like Cody Garbrandt I haven't looked it up. Is he okay? Uh, Apart from that, I think he's going to fight soon, right?
0: To my knowledge, you know what? uh, I didn't hear anything about him feeling bad per se, uh, you know, between Wednesday to Thursday. The last time we saw him. Right. So I can't speak on that. Now, mind you, of course, if you if your test comes up positive and you barely, you know, have caught it. That could de escalate, which I don't want for anybody, and certainly not Mr. Curtis Blades. Um, But I I would just uh, add that little uh, asterisk. Is that, like, you know, just because he's positive and feeling fine today, I think RDA was in the same boat, you know? Like, he was getting ready to fight, and, you know, he felt fine. Tesco's positive, and then he's uh, getting the chills, and he says he's feeling body aches for a minute. So, you know, it could be. A matter of that situation you know so it affects everybody differently which you know is kind of par for the course for what we know about it Um I do believe like yeah like you just see it I, you, you, I mean come on you go out there I was driving on Thanksgiving and I swear the line was out the door for Marie calendars wrapping yep. around the building hey man you gotta have those pies Uh, uh, yes and they're delicious i believe you i know but (laughs) it's like well that's not i know they're wearing masks and not bunched together in line but that's still not all the way social distancing you know what i mean so my point is more people are out and around and i do believe that is that has a direct correlation with You know, like, look, uh, I'm not going to talk about, oh, the news says this because uh, I've seen it. We've all seen it. Sometimes it feels like those numbers are different every day, depending on what channel. But here we are. We have we are in a business where we hear about guys getting tested. And quite bluntly, we are coming up. It seems more often people are like, yes, I'm positive. It's like it's just happening. You know, at my other job, I do phone calls, you know, I confirm appointments. And I've had people say like, uh, yeah, I can't come in. It's like, oh, we, we got a we tested positive for covid. And it's like, oh, gosh. Oh. So I do feel cases are going up in the holiday season because more people are out and gathering. Um, and I do think that that has a direct correlation that there's just a little more floating around that is making all of us susceptible, including the the MMA world personally.
1: Yeah, COVID
0: uh does does not discriminate. That's for sure. I just want that pie. <laughs> I like the Kahlua cream one. You okay. know, you know what I mean. I want to go back to Disneyland. Want to hang out with the mouse. Enjoy, you know, uh, Space Mountain or something like that. You know what I mean? Just yeah, disconnect. I'd like to go to um,
1: Millennium. What's the land? Millennium the Toss the Star land. Wars one. Yeah. yeah.
0: I forget what it's called too, but yeah, I I hear you.
1: Galaxy's Edge or something. Yes,
0: yes. Um, Concerts, you know, we all got our favorites. We wouldn't mind enjoying some live music with, you know, the people vibing and everything we like. You know what I mean? (sighs) I wouldn't mind going to MMA events and just feeling the energy of the fans. Anyway, enough melancholicness. But anyway, yeah. Y'all know what I mean. It's, uh, It's rough. It's rough during this season, I think, as we see this keep coming up because it feels like, yeah, that's not a positive sign that we're going to get those things back soon. Anyway, but we are still trucking on. They did say um, initial report they want to reschedule for December. It's looking more like January is what I heard for Lewis Blades. But then we get this wild thing happen so saturday morning kevin holland is out of the fight next saturday with uh jack hermanson and so you hear about the ufc wants marvin vittori to fight hermanson vittori was going to fight jacore at 256 in two weeks so stay with me are you with me i'm with you and then they announced saturday night during the broadcast Kevin Holland, who you just pulled from a fight for COVID, is instead going to fight in two weeks against Jacare. Mm, fishy. I... If it's that, I, I I, just... Look, I get it, the show must go on, but I saw that, and look, mind you, uh, credit, Jack Hermanson, that's the third opponent change. You go, man, that's gangster. Kevin Holland still wants five victories in a row. That's gangster. But at this point, what are we doing? Because I saw that and I'm like, at that point, if this is what we're doing, why not try to get both Jacare and Vittori to headline next Saturday's fight night? Just call it macaroni. And then if Kevin Holland's going to be fine, just put a Holland Hermanson on the pay-per-view. And we're just, all right, you know, the least trouble for everybody. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, like, because you already had 50%. Vittori's clearly down to make 185 and seven days earlier, see where Jacare is at, and instead, I don't know. And once again, I, I I appreciate everybody stepping up and taking the changes, but at that point, I was like, now we're playing with so much fire because what if something happens? I mean... Kevin Holland, are his tests going to come up all negative in two weeks? That's a real thing. I mean, they barely got it, what, Saturday? Maybe he only knew as early as Thursday, Friday? I don't know. I had some thoughts about that. What about you?
1: Yeah, it's a little strange. My first thought was, yeah, how how can they be sure he'll be okay and, and testing negative in two weeks just because that seems to be the trend? But you don't know this this virus is so tricky people are we're still learning things about it and and we still don't know much we still don't know all about it (laughs) I can't speak now um so that was my first thought there's no guarantee that Mr. Holland's gonna be ready to go maybe he feels fine now but as you were just talking about earlier like sometimes these symptoms creep up a little bit later after your positive results so let's see how that shakes out two I'm thinking maybe Jacare didn't want to cut you know, a week early, accelerated his weight cut. That could be a reason why they didn't just push that one forward. Um, but yeah, you're you're uh, the swapping is a little bit. It's like you're causing trouble for for no good reason. If everyone could just be a little bit patient, then the the game plan you had for your opponent that you're working on in your in your fight camp, you could just hold on to that. You just have to wait a week or two, or you know, on the other side, and move up a week or two. Versus now, it's like this whole thing where you're switching opponent and some in some cases you're fighting earlier so uh interesting it seems a little bit like ufc pulled the panic pushed the panic button here and was like we need to make something and, and let's go and, and then maybe after the fact they thought oh we should have talked to double g because he had a good point why <laughs> not, why swap opponents why not just uh swap the dates <laughs>
0: I, I think that's a reason why they don't call me because they know that the flood gra- the floodgates would be very, you know, they're not ready for what would happen. Not ready for the truth bombs. Yeah. Exactly. Um. A uh, quick question because we've seen this happen a lot. They just, uh, you know, they reschedule and then they try to, um, you know, they pull and they try to reschedule quickly, right? We've seen this happen a lot. They tried to do it with Tashira. I feel like they've tried to do it with a couple guys. Off the top of your head, can you remember a situation where someone tested positive for COVID and then the fight was actually able to happen quickly after?
1: No, not off the top of my head because all the ones I can think of, and they were mostly with Brazilian fighters, I feel, you know, they were pushed out at least a month or or more out after a positive COVID test. Can you think of one?
0: No, and that's why, because I feel like, okay, the Glover one and Santos, both of them got it, so it ended up just all getting bounced further. Uh, RDA was pushed a month-ish, about three weeks, four weeks. Um, I feel like Jan, Kutalaba, Magomed, and Kalaev had the same problem again also. Like, they just ended up um, uh, having to do a month. I feel like it happened twice and then they just bumped it. I may be wrong on that one, but off the top of my head, I don't remember one where they were actually, yeah, we're going to bounce back in two weeks. And they were actually able to in two weeks. I feel like someone is like, nah, he's still positive or something happened. And mind you, it may not be because the same guy tested positive again, but the track record, you know, just isn't good for those things is my point. So, yeah, I'm very it would be a very notable thing if two weeks out, they actually pull it all off on both fights. And so, and and mind you, I don't want anything to happen. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, you know, in the Hunger Games, the odds are not in your favor.
1: They're certainly not. They're not, but the UFC, it seems like they're just, they're just racing to the finish line, right? To the end of 2020. They want to get in as many fights, um, and, and, you know, keep as many main cards as they can, main, yeah, main events as they can. And uh, it seems kind of like that. That's what they're doing. So it's sort of like when you're, you know, you see a punch coming and you just close your eyes. You're like, well, that's going to hit me, but I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to see it. So they're just going to kind of pull the wool over their own eyes and just see what happens. I get what you're saying.
0: I can definitely see, you know, that uh, mentality at this point in 2020 for sure. Uh, We'll find out, but the hits keep coming, which really leads to my next, uh, our next segment. Uh, this broke minutes after last week's episode went live, which was a little frustrating, but, you know, it happens. Um, pretty much, uh, Pyotr Jan, Aldermaine Sterling is off. It does also let us know why there was such a vigor to, um get the Davis and Figueredo, brandon Moreno fight, but at the end of the day, the fact is, after waiting so many months for them to announce it, uh, Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling will be taking place at a later date. It was originally said that it was an injury for Jan, and then it, there was a an IG Live or something where it actually seems that um it was a visa issue. Uh, Jan has not come out to do an interview to say what exactly it was yet, but the fact is there will be no Bantamweight title fight Next week. So, um, yeah, just uh, what are your thoughts before we get into more?
1: Oh, it's just a little bit of um, grumbling, like groaning internally. Not another one. Oh, gosh. Here we go again. So a little bit of frustration because Piotr Jan is is pretty exciting as a champion. Aljo finally got his shot. And so I I imagine it sucks a lot for him to have to keep, keep waiting, keep the body ready, but not too ready. You know, that's stressful. That's a lot of pressure. And especially during these times where you can't even blow off steam in ways you might have done so normally. Uh, So it's tough. And especially if you're looking, when was his fight with Cody? um, Sanhagen, I'm trying to think of, you know, if you're looking Uh, for. It
0: would have been June, no?
1: Okay. Yeah. So it's been a while. You know, you're hoping to get another paycheck before the year ended, holidays and all and whatnot. That's tough. Hopefully, they're looking out for uh, for Eljo, the UFC in some in some way or another. Considering that you know that was going to be a a big payday for him. But uh, I don't know. Otherwise, you know, I'm happy that they they've already sort of not scheduled but you know are, are looking at a, at a month that's not too far away but mostly it sucks for for sterling
0: no I, i'm completely with you there i think the timing is uh you know it's just really really rough um for everybody uh and once again um i'll bring this up again is that i do not know how they're gonna schedule everybody in short order in 2021 there's so many guys we're waiting to get in there. And um, not just the titles, because the titles are already a big deal. I mean, everything's still rumored. I mean, we don't even have an official date, possibly, for Blahovic, Adesanya, if they're going to do it, right? So, we're putting all of this stuff together. And it's like, in all honesty, someone's going to be odd man out. Someone's going to be on a fight night, not a pay-per-view. Um... People are going to be waiting because all the pay-per-view slots for the titles are booked. Um, You know, it's like, well, I'm ready to go in February. It's like, yeah, but everything's booked. You're not fighting till May. And that could be a big deal. Like, I mean, that's almost a year for Aljamain Sterling, right? If that were to happen to him. So for me, it's just the timing. It is, man, it's going to be a very packed 2021 in the first half. There's just no two ways about it. You know what I mean? So that's just where I'm at with it. It's just very unfortunate in that way. Um, In the Bantamweight division, this creates an interesting situation, in my opinion, because when Aljo got the title shot, he just dominated Corey Sanhagen with that first round. Remember? Yeah. And now Corey's coming off that knockout of Marlon Moraes. You're talking about him fighting potentially uh, Frankie Edgar, Dominic Cruz. The big one would be TJ Dillashaw, who's set to come back in January. And now you have a situation. Let's say, hypothetically, Jan Aljo doesn't make it to February. And they try to put him in March or something. You now have a situation, if something happens, you have potentially a Corey or TJ... Almost like the potential to sneak into a title fight if something were to happen in March. And that's not something that was anywhere near on anybody's radar when this got booked for December. And so I'm almost like, dude, I, I really... Now suddenly we're hitting a bit of a logjam. Now, they book the fight and everything happens in relatively short order. Uh, that's much ado about nothing. But my point is, the further you wait, the more... Let's say Corey Sanhagen gets a first round knockout and then you get to everything else. Suddenly it becomes a whole thing, right? And that to me is like, I feel like that could become a thing is my point is that someone sneaks in and we get a more convoluted title picture at 135.
1: Sounds like a tangled web. Of weights, So you're thinking that what Piotr Jan would get, they would do an interim belt or? or uh, I'm just
0: saying if something happens where timing is off, they wouldn't wait one more time. They would throw in a TJ or a Koi Sanhagen potentially if for any reason they can't get it, all the negotiating done smoothly for a rebooking
1: in yeah. 2021. I wonder what the visa issues are. If uh, if that is truly what the what the problem was, um, I don't know how any of that stuff works. All so. I know
0: is it's not an exact science. <laughs> it's like you know it's supposed to be smooth, but all all, anyone, all I know for sure is that it just isn't always for whatever reason.
1: And so, okay, he lives. Pyotr lives in Russia.
0: I'm okay. not off the top of my head. I know he's. I know he does, but also he does camp
1: in Thailand. Okay, so some, you know, one of those two countries. So I'm just trying to think, like, is this a COVID-related visa issue um, where travel is just restricted uh, or something else? Because now can the UFC, you know, figure out solutions to even, you know, government problems like this? Yeah, they they can. So we're probably fine, but I'm just trying to think, you know, I'm doing my... Uh, my um uh, Uneducated sleuthing here, and trying to think what what could be so serious that by February we could still be uh, in a little bit of uh, of warm water, I should say, with with this uh, this fight being at risk.
0: So. Well, l- let me bring up a situation and similar to this one. Let's say, um, all right, hypothetically, hang on for the ride, okay? Okay. They want to do Arasanya Blahovich. Um, February pay per view. They try to do a. By the way, I heard Dana White say it'll be a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday fight island potentially. So maybe the apex. I thought they were gonna do another month at Fight Island, but maybe something like that. If I understood him correctly. So, just saying. But let's say they were gonna do. Um, Arasanya Blahovic. They carry their own pay per view. No other titles. Something happens. Uh there Glover Tashira is not ready. Uh Anthony Smith's not ready. So and so isn't ready. Um Adasanya can't make the fight, and there's no one for Blahovic. Hypothetically. Hey, Pyotr Jan. Uh I know we were talking about having you double up with the heavyweights in March, but can you, you know, step up three weeks out so we could put a title on the February pay-per-view? Yes. Aljo, are you down? I'm uh, just blah, blah, blah. I'm not there. Impulshing I'm my still... chained don't ever... time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Corey Sa- Sanhagen, can you do it? Yes. And what happened? You know? Because we've oh. seen similar situations. We've seen things get moved along. Uh, I think that... Um, uh, why can't I say his name? Colby Covington. Like he's gotten bounced around opponents just because like, hey, look, are you down? Who's down? Who's in? Leon Edwards, Hamzat, Gilbert Burns, Kamar Usman. If people aren't down, other people get snuck in there very easily when they got to get the ball rolling. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I worry about that situation for Aljo.
1: It's definitely worth considering because of you know how long it's been since he's fought, and so we're 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 on the right track here with it being a potential um, issue because how long can he stay ready and close to ready and and ready to get ready? You know, like it's just a, it just takes a toll. So okay, I hear you. Let's uh, let's pray to Poseidon and to Zeus <laughs> and words, uh, pray,
0: pray to Danon. And- Hunter yeah. and <laughs> McMaynard. <Mick> <laughs> and all of anyway. those guys, yeah. All right, all right. Anyway, I'm just saying, it's, uh... Oi, this could get bad. Anyway, but I don't... I, I hope it will, and I don't think it will, but, uh, you know, when we're coming off this many switches and cancellations, I just can't help but feel a little down. I need some positivity. I need some... You know what? It is what it is. <laughs> Which leads to our le- next segment, the former king, Max Holloway, is coming back, headlining, what is it, January 16th against Calvin Cater. Uh, congratulations, Max Holloway. Uh, engaged to a lovely fiancé, it looks like, recently, so very good for him. Uh, this is a big fight in the featherweight division, um, big opportunity for Calvin Cater, a fun stylistic fight to get Max back out there. So all around, just good stuff in this one. Um, I'll say this. Uh, I don't know. Did you catch um, what's it called? A Dana White's press conference last night.
1: No, I did not.
0: So at the end, and it was very awkward. Something is happening with Yaya Rodriguez. Oh. He's not injured, but Dana White said I. He had like that, you know, very serious voice. Yeah. I don't think Yair Rodriguez is going to be fighting for a while. Oh. And said, it, well, what's going on? And he said, that's not my business. Oh. And when Dana White talks like that, you know it's for real, right? Yep. My point is, okay, Ortega's locked in for Volkanovski. What's going on with Zabit? Because really, there's only a big three for Alex. He's already fought Max. He's locked in with Brian. This is now a big fight because before you had Max, he's probably going to have to wait until the the Zabit Yair thing plays out before we're even talking about potential title shots and big fights, right? He's at the top of the division. There's no two ways about it. He's just so good. He's still in his prime. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a win here for both Calvin or Max... Suddenly, before you were thinking, like, well, where do they have to go? Now, I'll say it bluntly, Max or Calvin win, depending on how quick they get uh, Ortega-Volkanovski, which, by the way, may be early in the year, February, March, this is an- another part of the logjam, you could see a title eliminator against Zabit for the winner. And I think that's a very important note because suddenly this fight, you are not as far away from a title shot as you were 48 hours ago. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Very interesting. Um, Just looking at the rankings here. They got Cater at six. Holloway is one. Ortega two is a beat three. Yair, mysterious Yair at four. And Korean Zombie at five. So, um, yeah, it is very interesting. It kind of bones me out in general because I really feel like Max Holloway won that second fight. But whatever, that's just me. And so when a fighter has to sort of bide their time and crawl their way back a little bit, it's, it, I imagine how frustrating it is for them. But as you mentioned at the beginning of this segment, he is newly engaged to a very nice-looking lady who apparently is a pro surfer. So good for him. They seem very happy on Instagram with little rush. So I think he's uh, hes probably in a good mood, feeling feeling just fine. So... What uh? What are we looking at here, January sixteenth? Yeah, that's uh, that's just right around the corner. That's pretty good timing, and um, I think uh, so. You're saying if he, if whoever wins that fight would fight Zabit for the title shot, or for you know a shot at the title after uh, Ortega Volkanovski?
0: I mean, what else would make sense? You know what Nothing, I mean?
1: Nothing. That's it. Exactly. Nothing else would. Just looking at, it. I mean, like Josh Emmett is seven, Stevens is eight. Like that. That doesn't make sense at all. So. So yeah, uh, I guess the beat has to sit on ice a little bit longer to wait for all of this to play out. Um, he seems like the kind of guy who doesn't mind.
0: Um, I, I'll so. be honest, all the things they've made happen, I am shocked that we could not get a fight for Zabit in 2021 or in 2020. Sorry.
1: Has it really been a whole year?
0: He hasn't fought since he beat Cater in December, or in November, I think.
1: Dude, that's incredible. Um, and
0: because we were thinking, okay, he's going to be the big fight with Yair in April. Remember with the Tony Habib card?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then they were going to try to put him on the Habib card around that time. That didn't happen. I think they were going to have him do it. I think they were scheduled when Anthony Smith fought Rockage that they might be in the headliner too. And it's like, and look, it's kind of turning into Tony Habib is that they just can't seem to find those two together. They can't seem to get them anywhere near the cage together personally and i get it because they're neck and neck for a title shot but i do believe that the time is now to move on from it because it just we're just getting further if not you know not closer to that one
1: what does the ufc do with someone like zabit who is a, a top contender a good name I'd say a big name for the division exciting to fight people want to see how he progresses and then they're not able to book him for an entire year. I assume they're, you know, helping him out. But I wonder if there's, if, if, you know, I I wonder, I assume, but I, you know, I'm not sure. So do you have any, have you heard anything about Dana White saying we're taking care of him, you know, the way he sort of does with other, other issues, other matters?
0: As I've always understood it, and I may be a little wrong, but as I've always understood it is that, you have a contract that says you um, are offered, like, two or three fights a year. Like, nine, I believe 99% of people have it. Now, you can, like, for example, if you're a champion or a Conor McGregor thing, timing is a thing, and it's not as much about being active, although, obviously, you know, many champions also want to be. But you can... Wait and you can like you don't have to be offered as many fights if what you're waiting for is a big fight if you are waiting for a title eliminator you don't necessarily care about getting in there as quickly because the point is you want to get to the biggest fights possible quickly and that doesn't always happen if you're fighting active you kind of sometimes have to wait for the other side to be ready also and so I do believe that Zabit has probably spent this year. And remember, COVID, okay, that canceled one. I'm not sure what happened the second time. I can't remember. And now this time happened with, uh, it sounded like negotiating or, no, an injury for Yair for the Habib card, the October booking for them. You know, Z- Zabit is probably like, look, I, it's supposed to be me and... um yair i beat him i get a title shot that doesn't necessarily happen let's say if you were to beat a danny gay or you know somebody else in there so i imagine that that's what's happened is that he just was waiting because he felt like this is a title eliminator so it's not necessarily like oh i'm taking care of him i'm sending him money it was more like look you know we're waiting because this is the this is how we get to the big fish. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, sucks for him to have to be on ice for an entire year. But it is a weird year. Such a weird year that, you know, it's probably less frustrating in some respects than if it was a normal year. And for whatever reason, your fight just couldn't get booked. But in this case, you can look back and say, well most people were struggling to fight the UFC was shut down for a few months and you know things just didn't work out it is what it is but uh Max Holloway
0: oh I thought you're <laughs> gonna stop it right there and just say it is what it is and be like oh that's perfect <laughs> yeah.
1: it is what it is period <laughs> there you go
0: um a fun fight I like it anything to say about that
1: Nah, it is what it is. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a, it's a fun fight. It's a fun fight. Super fun fight. <clears throat> I can't wait to see Max fight somebody else, actually. Ooh, two long Wolkanovsky fights in 20, uh, 2020 or 2020, 2019, 2020,
0: right? And Calvin uh, brings it. Yeah. Like, and, Calvin ain't no pushover. He going to try to get in his face and make something happen. That's yeah. a good one.
1: It is super good. And, uh, you know, both guys have a lot to have well I don't say Max Holloway needs to prove anything but I think it might feel that way uh like I'm still the king I'm still at the top so I think and Calvin Cater definitely feels like he has a lot to prove and people don't don't um, value what he brings to the division so yeah it's going to be a scrap um very excited for sure
0: you know what else is exciting
1: yes Tyson
0: <laughs> Jones last night
1: all right so I uh,
0: um uh, we'll get to the fight uh Naira um Jake Paul stole the show, um, just, uh, look, he's only ever fought like other YouTubers, so there was, re- so all his experience, there was still reason to be skeptical about that. You didn't have to be skeptical about Nate Robinson's athleticism, but you also saw that, you know what, just because he wasn't fighting, you know, boxing studs does not mean that Jake Paul hasn't been training boxing and I think that that's all she wrote. Like, that fight, you could have stopped it after the first knockdown. Nate did not want to be there anymore. He did not know more than how to charge forward. Um. So that, yeah, there's good reason for that, making the rounds. I wasn't against the musical acts because we know we're there for a non-traditional event. So I did not mind that we were having a non-traditional show i will say that at a for a while it kind of felt like the vmas pay-per-view which very bluntly there's a reason the vmas and the amas and the grammys aren't pay-per-view is because (laughs) you know you wouldn't pay money to watch a concert you would pay money to be there live not watch it on your tv same like with the super bowl so to me, that, there was a disconnect um, there. And I like the music a lot. They, they performed great. Everyone was good. Wiz, Snoop killed it. All of that was good stuff. But for me, I did find myself... Um, in full disclosure, I, I, I was covered for the show for work. Um, I can see where, let's say, the fights wouldn't have delivered and things got slower... I would have started to get a little pissed off because I would feel like I paid the money to watch fights, not for the music. Now, it ended up working out, I think, overall, when I got done with the show. But had those fights been more... I don't want to say they were disappointing, but had they been very disappointing, I would have felt very robbed if I felt like I paid for the music, not the fights. Does that make sense?
1: Definitely, definitely. In fact... um. I did think it was I like I wasn't fully aware that there were going to be there's going to be a bunch of music until a few days ago and I thought okay well this could be interesting and for some reason even though we're in covid times them being at the Staples center made me think it was going to look like they were at the Staples center and so when I saw the the, the brag when I finally tuned in um, it was kind of like off putting this all black setting it was like just being like sucked into a black hole and all of a sudden there's like Snoop Dogg and really far away from him in these, in this ridiculous long, long table they had Maro Ranallo, and, um, I didn't know he was going to be there. Israel Adesanya. Maro Ranallo
0: <laughs> was not going to be, they changed Al Bernstein out, uh, recently undisclosed reasons.
1: Oh, ah, okay. Well, I'm glad it was Maro Ranallo actually, because he's got the perfect, um, Background with all his experience in MMA and wrestling and boxing to be calling that fight Um, But you know knowing a little bit about his personal life from his documentary I wonder how much stress and pressure that put on him to have to quickly, you know prepare for such a big undertaking Um, But I didn't know Israel Adesanya was gonna be there and who was the fourth guy now? Oh uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, okay so the um, The setting was a little strange to him. It was a little off-putting because it was so so black and we've seen a lot of combat sports already put on shows without an audience. UFC does it very well. Top Rank does it pretty well, too. Um, it looks different than when you have a crowd, but it doesn't look weird. This one I thought looked a little weird, so maybe it was a budget thing where they were like, the best thing we can do is just go all black and maybe maybe we'll put a fog machine in the corner, because <laughs> that's kind of what it looked like. It looked like there was like this fog behind the commentary section. Um and I think the distance that they had to keep, which, of course, COVID times. But in the UFC, they let them sit a little bit closer now. Even top rank, they just put shields up between them. I think the distance they had to keep affected the the rapport between the, the commentators. It was a little bit um, I don't know, stiff because they were relaxed and they were trying to have fun with it. But maybe that was the problem. It was a little bit too fun in some, in some respects uh, because when it actually got to Tyson and Jones, I wanted them to take it a little more seriously, but they're kind of cracking some jokes. that are about the age.
0: I mean, Snoop, Snoop came in <laughs> and uh, professionalism and decorum went out the window.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I you know I never, which watched, I
0: enjoyed personally. It, it was
1: funny. Cause he was like, you know, when it came to Nate Robertson, he was like defense, <laughs> defense. Uh, and, and they're making fun of, you know, the the tyson jones like it's two old guys fighting in a backyard okay okay that's funny i never watched snoop cast on the contender series so i didn't know what i was getting into they Um, need to
0: bring him back you ask me (laughs) that was some good comedy
1: yeah israel adesanya at least the parts i heard didn't get to speak too much and i you know it makes sense he's new to to the game the mic game and from that perspective anyway and um you know, Mar Rinaldo, Mar Ronaldo was doing a good job of trying to like toss it to him to make sure he was in, involved and stuff. But it was a little bit, a little bit, um, how do I say? It? It, it seemed like the dress rehearsal. Uh, they could have used some more time together to gel. Yep. In any case, all in all, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, the main event, anyway. I enjoyed the fight. It was uh, fun. It was entertaining. Tyson was, was you know, they're older, of course. Uh, they're legends. But I was impressed with the performance. I was surprised. He, I was still like on the edge of my seat. I was still scared because you knew at any second <laughs> something could happen. And um, Roy Jones Jr., you know, <laughs> God bless him. He took those body shots, man. But did you see the, the interview at the end when he, when he was very, very honestly saying that hurt?
0: Oh, yeah. And then Tyson, you know, it's like everyone was worried about him. How come none of y'all were worried about me? <laughs> Uh, That was good. Uh, I'll be honest. The stuff they said was about as memorable as the punches thrown. Um, You know what? I'm not going to give him a pass. Uh, This is in the 80s. I cannot believe Tyson got in those short shorts at 54 years old. (laughs) I mean, the Lakers don't get in those short shorts anymore. You know what I mean? They were
1: hugging his cheeks, man. They were holding on for dear life. (laughs) uh, You know
0: what? And low key, um, I was watching... um, uh, rest in peace, the Argentine legend, Diego Maradona, passed yep. away. Um, you know, like, uh, look, a Hispanic family, soccer is, you know, we're no stranger to it. But they were playing like the highlights, right? Like, you know, the guy's career. And yeah. in soccer, they they wore those short shorts back then too in the 80s. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, bro, he's really, he's really committed to the throwback, you know? And I was like... Uh, I just found that a very interesting choice, um. You know what? It didn't look like they were going fifty percent, but I'll set, tell you right now, Roy Jones had no interest boxing with Mike. He, it was clench all day. I, I, I want to relate it to a fight we've seen recently, but I can't remember who it was. But you know what? Mike looked good. Mike looked like he was he benefited from those short rounds and the breaks, but. Yeah, I think that that was the thing that shocked me is that for all that talk, they never did let them hands go. Um, I mean,
1: Tyson tried; he tried with all his might, and he got—he was very effective and successful in the body. But yeah, Roy Jones was having mm-hmm. none of it; <laughs> he was clinching all day. So that was a little disappointing. Except Tyson did his part, and so his part was enough for me to um, to 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 make up for for <laughs> Roy Jones. You know, I guess wisely clinching a lot. Um, even at the very end when you thought maybe he, maybe he'd take a chance and go swing it, but he was like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to hug you. Um, uh, but you, you mentioned the the two rounds and I'm glad you did because initially before the fight, I thought that was silly and too short, but as I was watching it, I got to tell you, it was the right call by the commission. It made perfect sense. Three rounds, even at eight, you know, eight three minute rounds, or even if you had condensed it to six or something, it would have been too long, you know. They needed two-minute rounds. That was the right amount of time for them. And that the was controversial they because
0: they felt like, well, that just favors Tyson. You want him to feel as fresh and rested, you know. Which I, uh, we know who was the A-side, but still, you know. I mean, I, it was Tyson on Triller. com, right?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Wasn't Tyson Jones on Triller?
1: Correct.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm with you there. Uh, good stuff Um, I'm looking forward to seeing them employ more guys I think that going forward not every event is going to be as grandiose I think that they're going to bring in athletes of other sports and it's going to be a little bit some nights it'll be like big three basketball sometimes it'll be like legends tennis and legends golf you know um, probably going to get some MMA guys in there for sure but yeah, not every event is going to be as huge. And um, yeah, I think the overall thing, uh, you came for the boxing, but part of the price of admission was you got the music. And I think that that was unexpected. Like I said, wasn't bad, but I felt like could be just tweaked a little bit. And um, you know what? It was an entertaining night, plain and simple.
1: It was, man. Well, well said. It really was. So yeah. kudos to them and... I bet their next event will be, you know, they'll learn from this where, where learning needs to be had. And Tyson was excited, man. He was ready to go. He's like, I don't want to, I don't want to fight for the real stuff. This is more entertaining for me right now. Let's do it for, I guess they were doing some kind of charity and,
0: and they didn't look like they were going 50%, were they?
1: No, no, not at all. (laughs) Tyson was not, he was going for the kill and like, you know, his classic hop, hop step and hopping into position. Like he was going for it. So that was fun, man. I think, You know, the way I I saw, um, at least just from ESPN notifications of the celebrities that were tweeting about it, reacting to it after the fact, I bet they do pretty good numbers, man. I bet that they do all right. Probably better than than a lot of top rank uh, or what was the last pay-per-view? Leo Santa Cruz and um, Gervonta. Gervonta Davis. Yeah, I think that did not do very well at all. I bet this blows that way out of the water and maybe even gets close to a million.
0: It yeah. goes to show there's a market for it. Um, but yeah, uh, very interesting. By the way, um, a draw and oh. they conveniently have two belts.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, Yo, hold I've on.
0: Heard... No, I'm, I'm going to leave it at this. I'm going to leave it at this. You know, that meme with Kermit in his tea. Yeah. That's none of my business. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about it. Uh, Marvin Vittori is now this Saturday's headliner. He'll be taking on Jack Kermanson. Uh We talked enough about the matchup again. Credit to Jack. He's third opponent change and he's rolling with the punches. Uh, Marvin's big. He's powerful. He's kind of built um, that traditional just, you know, broad shoulder, thick arms. Um, we saw him this year. He looked good. Jack Hermanson, man, you know what? It's like you kind of feel like a guy that good. He's got to be from like a long line of Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys in Brazil. And nah, this you know this guy from Europe, he's looking to shock him. He's got to be looking to grapple. I think that, uh, you know, look, he's got to be working on his stand-up. But I think that at the end of the day, everything is going to be built to try to Wear down and slow down Vittori Vittori wants space, and he wants to just be able to let the hands go a little bit and pick them apart um just not get clinched, you know he's not gonna be looking to Roy Jones jr with uh, Hermanson. He just wants to keep it in the middle. He doesn't wanna you know get worn down, grapple long exchanges. He may have to pick his spots early, but um once again, I think it's Hermanson if he gets on top of him. Suddenly it becomes a very dangerous fight. I know Vittori's is uh, well rounded too, but I think that Hermanson on paper is a step ahead of Vittori if he gets on the ground and gets on top, especially.
1: Yeah, most definitely. This is um a a good fight for Vittori as far as a test and exposure, but it's an even better matchup for Hermanson. Um you know, if dare I, you know, because dare I say, I think he's probably going to win, and so it'll be a good, a good win for him. I am, I'm looking here at, at uh, Vittori's Vitor's uh, tapology page, and so I didn't know he was a Kings MMA guy, and uh, presumably, Cafael Cordero is his is his coach. Uh, so I wonder how much time he's had. Just think, you know, coming off of the Tyson Jones conversation, I wonder how much time he's had with his coach since, uh, you know, uh, Cordero has been otherwise uh occupied with the uh, with mr mike tyson so just also curious they're
0: having to cut that weight a little early i
1: yeah, mean
0: how thing, how, right? how low has how low is he right now i'm sure they'll ariel or brett will probably ask him this week and we'll find that out but that is a real factor like how much was he counting on that extra week
1: i mean you gotta you gotta believe that a lot because how many times do you hear a fighter say oh it's fight week oh, i just have 10 15 pounds to cut 10 pounds <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of weight. Now you got one week less. That, that's that's a lot. So I think probably that explains a lot more why, um, you know, Jacare wasn't willing to, to, I suspect, wasn't willing to move his fight up a week because he's older and that weight cuts harder. Vittori's 27, you know, probably just a lot easier for him. Uh, but it's a very, very cool matchup. Hermanton's exciting. The way he defeated um, Calvin Gastelum, like... I mean, has Kelvin Gastelum ever lost that quickly in a fight? So, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, so, in any case, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for it. Mostly to see Hermanson, but uh, you know, with the nickname like uh, the Italian Dream, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty exciting too. He's a handsome fellow, I'll just say that. And I feel you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. Italians in the M- in MMA and the UFC, you know they're okay, not great. We don't have any legends, right? So Vittori's got the most uh the most chance here at becoming a a great UFC fighter out of Italy.
0: Yeah, I, I believe they had Alessio Sakara for a long time. He was kind of the carrying the flag for them. But yeah, uh not there's not a great Italian champion who is dominating everybody and had the belt for a long time, you know. That is true. So um prediction time um i think uh look this is not a easy fight for uh hermanson i think the joker is gonna feel like he went a couple rounds with batman if uh vittori <laughs> comes uh you know if he's just on that being said uh i do believe that hermanson's um just the level of preparation the amount of extra time he has in terms of physical I think that that's gonna allow him to wear down and slow down Vittori over the course of the fight and I do think that he's gonna get him I think he's just gonna get him to the ground and he's just gonna make him work and he's eventually gonna get the setup he needs so I'm gonna go second round sub probably a triangle or an arm bar for uh the joker
1: Oh, we were so close to being completely on the same page. We're just mostly on the same page. so I'm going with Jack hermanson to submission, but I'm gonna pick round three a little, 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 little that's a little dangerous because the more time he spends in there, you know the risk of of eating a shot of not being able to take that next shot is uh, increases. but I think I'm looking at round three submission Jack hermanson. I don't know what he's gonna use what he's gonna finish him with so um so you're you're calling Would what you call triangle or armor? yeah yeah okay those
0: sound nice but uh i'll just leave it at uh, uh <laughs> i'll just leave it at her manson submission round three. Oh my gosh all right so there we go we are in accordance um natalie zamudio next week we are already back ufc 256 figueredo moreno the return of tony ferguson against charles Oliveira. it's a good card JDS is on there. You got Mackenzie Dern coming back. It's a good, good card. What are your thoughts before we close this one out?
1: I mean, we're talking about Davison Figueiredo again. That's pretty cool. The guy, uh, the guy's something special, right? No one's, no, no champion has ever done this. Come back to defend the belt in such a short turnaround. And Brandon Moreno is doing the same thing. They were on the same card. He's not a champion, but he's hoping to be, and he's got the chops. So that's exciting. I like Figueredo. I'm excited about 125 again. Not that I wasn't, you know, a lot of interesting things have been happening the last couple of years, and obviously Mighty Mouse is amazing, but this guy's a different kind of 125 fighter. So I'm really excited to see what he does. I hope Brandon Moreno gives him a good fight. I hope it's not fast. I would like to see this drawn out. Let's see what Figueredo does in round three, round four. Uh, Ferguson, Oliveira, I mean, geez. You know, any of, either of these two guys, Fighting somebody else is exciting. You put them together. This is fireworks, man. This is this is going to be something special. So looking forward to talking about this with you for sure.
0: Yeah, I just love the doubleheader. I think they're set up. Uh, I think everything just is set to play out really, really good in that one. I think that it's going to be a good paced card when you look at the matchups. Um, you know what? I'm just. I just want to see how everybody looks. Tony Ferguson off the um, the loss. Figueredo and Moreno three weeks, um, you know, just three weeks removed. Oh, boy. Going to have some good television. Um, guys, I hope you had a great holiday season. Natalie, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Your first one with little Joe. And, yeah, we will be back next week. Until then, have a good one.